Welcome to Toffee Blue View, your source for all things Everton. I'm Jerry, still. Terry and Max are joining me of their own free will. Bless them. Uh, gentlemen, uh, FA Cup this weekend got, uh, got started. Uh, some teams went down. We were luckily, luckily not one of them, which is, which is a, you know, a good thing. However, um, a little too close for comfort for a lot of people's... Uh, a lot of people's fancy. Uh, so, uh, however, I've heard some people mention because of these, a lot of the weekend squads you see, uh, that some of the magic of the FA Cup is actually lost from that. Um, Max, off camera, you were talking about the the irony of that is that we fielded an almost entirely stri- strong, full squad mm. there. Um, and, and from that, I mean, that... That actually made it a. I think their supporters were pretty live, weren't they? Yeah, they were. They were. They were very, very loud, and they put us to shame. Really, I can't re- quite remember the last time in a an away allocation of Goodison been that big. Um, my cousin said possibly when we beat Chelsea two years ago in the in the FA Cup when Lukaku got the double because they they literally had you know filled the entire place up and. Yeah, it was a very weird game because I don't know if you know Jerry, but like I don't think half the ground could get in because of the issues with tickets. I heard so about there, that. Yeah, there was queues outside for a long, long time after kickoff, and um, yeah, it was just a uh, wasn't a very pleasant game to be honest. Mm. So uh, I think it was Leicester lost to Newport. Uh, they went down and. But they were they weren't fielding their their strongest eleven. Uh, I mean, what what is the the common English, I guess the the supporters' view on something like this, Terry? Because I'm thinking there's a, it's such a weird line to walk. You know, you want to rest your players because the league's the most important thing. But for other people, they're like, you know what? We haven't had a cup in a while. We need to we need to have a strong squad here. It seems like it's hard to, unless everything works out perfectly, you can easily just blast any manager for, for whatever their philosophy is. Mm. I mean, I don't, on the contrary, I don't think it actually, Premier League clubs want hurts the, um, the magic of the FA Cup. I think it actually feeds it because mm. if all the Premier League clubs played their full strength teams, you, you'd very unlikely to get the type of upsets that people like about the cup. Now, no one likes it when it's their club, but you love it when another club, another Premier League club, look at, like you said, um, Leicester and um, Newport. That happens every year. And with, if, if Leicester play their full-strength team, they, Newport are very unlikely to beat them. And I think that adds to the cup. Now, it's a weird one, the perception of of other supporters of, of teams doing this. Like On the one hand... It depends on your club on what your status as a Premier League club is because if you are one of the, let's say, 10 clubs, the bottom half of the league, and none of them are secure every year, if there's the top six, there's probably a little group of like four clubs outside of that, including us, um, and then there's a bottom 10 who you know could feasibly go down on any given year. If they rotate, you totally understand it because they've got 
very important uh, job on a stay in the Premier League. The top six clubs, they've got European games for the most part, usually still at this time of year. Um, most of them, barring some, uh, some of them going out early. So they rotate. I don't understand it when the Leicesters, the Evertons, like we have in previous years, the um, possibly in recent years, the West Ham type clubs, the clubs who are more or less safe because of the amount of investment they, they put in each year, then we're not going to win the league at this time, neither are Leicester, not barring another miracle. So why would Leicester or ourselves, Leicester in this case, field a weakened team? They're not going to go down. They're not going to win the Premier League. They're very unlikely to get in the Champions League. So the best chance they've got of success in the um, in a, any given season is a cup win. So why not just go for it? Mm-hmm. We have done that in this case. I think we've recognised that this is probably one of the better chances we've got to turn this season from sort of collapsing into a very middling season of just finishing, going for seventh again and at best. And, and you, you, an FA Cup win would take... If we finished 10th and won the FA Cup, no one would remember the 10th in a year or two. They'd just remember the FA Cup. Yeah. So I'm all for rotation, except for Everton, <laughs> because it, I, I like to see other clubs, other Premier League clubs go out in the early rounds, the smaller clubs... It's really entertaining, but I don't want Everton to do it because we should be targeting this cup. Yeah, Lincoln's cup run that they made, you know, it was it's ironic we're talking about this because their cup run was, was fun to watch. You know, I remember watching them just continually just managing. And when they beat Burnley, I think it was Burnley in order to get into the quarterfinals, you know, it was, it was a big thing for them. And it's awesome. And you got to love when they – the idea of them having a shot when they go and play Arsenal. <laughs> now, I don't think it went too well, but still, you know, I, I love the FA Cup, but it's it's fascinating the whole, like, you know, the idea of resting place, players versus not resting players, who's putting a priority on the cup versus who's putting a priority on the league, and are your squads deep enough to satisfy both? You know, and I don't really think ours has been, <laughs> which is... Well, which is one of the reasons why I think we were all kind of happy we fielded a, a stronger squad on Saturday. Um, I thought I thought ours would have been until I saw that game, and then I was like, well, maybe not. Mm-hmm. It was a bit of an eye-opener. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting one. We'll talk about more about that game coming up. We've got a match reaction, our Lincoln match reaction coming up. It, it, Let's let's segue into that, but really quick, just for uh, people listening via podcast, this is what you have the rest of the show. We do have our match reaction uh, to Everton's uh, 2-1 FA Cup win over Lincoln City. Uh, the Imps, the Imps lost, despite the fact that their their badge is awesome, and I, I just like saying Imps. You know, uh, <laughs> then we're going to talk about uh, positions of need. Uh, the transfer window, we are all up in it right now. So what does Everton actually need? And are we actually going to do anything about it? Uh, we'll talk about what we feel like is uh, you know, our biggest position of need and then kind of go down the list. We're not very deep. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff to talk about with that. And then uh, since this has been recorded on Monday, uh, a lot of information coming out about Adrissa Gay possibly going to PSG uh, this January. So that's a thing. So we need to talk about whether or not this is a good idea. Is the price going to be right? All that kind of stuff. Um, 
yeah, Idrissa Gay has been a really important player for us, so if we sell him, what's going to happen? Uh, and then we're going to finish up with a quiz, if you know your history. Uh, it's, it's Terry vs. Max again. You know, the meeting of the minds, the battle of the brains. These guys, uh, will be, they know a lot about Everton, so let's see who wins, let's see who wins this one. It's another starting 11 quiz. So, uh, less strategy on, on, on this, on this type of quiz. So, gentlemen, match reaction. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tip my hand. I missed the first half because I was watching my kid play. Okay, I came back and I was lucky to to find a way to watch the second half because guess what? The main way to to watch here in the states it's not the easiest thing if you're you know poor. So, I got to see the second half though. That's what I'll say. Uh, Terry, did you watch the whole game? Yeah, yeah, I did. I actually I found a stream with no commentary, so it was a. Uh... It was it was quite refreshing. Was like watch, watch, watching all of the um, all the the TV coverage, the TV angles, the replays, and everything, and not having any stupid commentary over it because obviously I, I didn't go, so um, I was wasn't expecting much joy because FA Cup games is like a different uh, kettle of fish to fans in Premier League games. If you need to watch like an away match or something, uh, but uh, I, I enjoyed the watching experience, not the match itself so much, but more than I've enjoyed any other match this season because I just watched it with no like input from pundits who don't know the first thing about Everton. Or or ones that are giving you a maybe they have some sort of, you know, reason not to not to like Everton as much and so they're giving you this very uh washed whitewashed commentary in terms of what maybe should actually it's it's frustrating for me i've every once in a while i get a good commentary team here in the states um yeah i didn't understand the language of the one i was watching so hey uh so max you were there yeah yep I know you're not super happy about about how how things went in terms of performance. It wasn't like this dominant display. Uh, who do you think actually played well? Um, who played well? I, I'd have to you know tip me out to the left hand side in particular. You know, Leighton Baines and Bernard. Leighton Baines in particular. Yeah. I think that first fifteen minutes. It, it was disappointing because we were excellent in the first 15 minutes. We absolutely blew them away with some really good football. We can't, you know, pass and move well, um, kept the ball, didn't really, you know, we, as, as the game progressed, we really seemed to struggle against their physicality and their game plan. In the first 15 minutes, we looked like the home side, we looked comfortable, we looked mm-hmm. like we wanted to, you know, prove a point. We did, obviously 2-0 up that They get that set piece. Launch the ball in the zonal mark and doesn't go to plan as it hasn't done several times this season. They've stayed, you know, they've obvi- they've obviously saw where they can get the luck, um, and we were just kind of not not so much on the ropes, but we were, you know, we were shook and we didn't kind of seem to get that out of our system after we conceded. Um, it didn't really escape the atmosphere either, and that didn't help. Mm. Uh, I loved watching Leighton Baines play. This this one. I mean, it was. I know for a fact if he was up against speedier opposition, 
he may have he, he may have been proven to struggle a little bit more. But on this one, uh, he just looked awesome, and the quality of the balls he was playing in was was brilliant. Uh, I I loved watching him play. You know, it's been a, such a long time since I've seen him on the on the pitch. Uh, he looked great, man. Um, Bernard Bernard looked strong. He as he has. He's continued to look strong, and Lookman got uh, got a full ninety, um, which is cool because I, I think we could start seeing him actually starting games in the league now. Uh, but uh, Tom Davis went off around halftime. Now I already admitted ignorance about the first half. Uh, it would, Terry, you want to talk about how Davis looked? He he needed to come off, not because he was having one of those games where he was just falling apart and he was putting passes wrong everywhere, but when when Lincoln scored their goal and they started to take command almost of a spell of the game, Tom Davis had no control over the midfield. Like he was getting overrun, and I think that is why he came off because if you put Andre Gomez in there, he has a lot more command of the, of um, about the the whole engine room of the team's going to be. Um, to be honest, the, the the game itself was quite revealing about a lot of the play, the fringe players in the squad. It's it's quite damning. The same as the um, the Carlin, uh, excuse me, the League Cup game. Some of the fringe players who came in and, and needed to make an impression were actually some of the worst players in our team, and they need to be the best. So Davies came in; he had a chance to really, you know, push for a position in the team, especially with some of the rumoured outgoings coming up. And he did himself no favours because he, he looked like he, he didn't look a class apart from League Two midfielders where, mm. like as Max said, Leighton Baines did. Mm. Leighton Baines looked like he was on a different level completely to the, the players he was playing against, whereas Davies looked exactly where he should have been and was actually struggling. So he he, he came off not because he was the worst player on the pitch, but the fact that he wasn't the best player on the pitch mm. and he needed to be uh, in that match. That was what he was in there for. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um because I mean, Gomez just tends to take over games when he's in, uh, unless he's being targeted by the opposition, where they specifically put a couple of people on him. Uh, he's usually dominantly on the ball, a lot. You know, he's he's on the ball more than anyone else usually. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, second half, I thought he, Gomez looked great. You know, it just looked like another Andre Gomez performance. It's what it looked like anyway. I thought we looked a lot stronger than they did, but we did that thing where we're, we're getting a lot of the ball and not getting any actual legit chances on frame, which continues to happen, even against Lincoln City. You know? Same as Newcastle, exactly the same. Just you can have 80 90% of the ball, but if you're not doing nothing with it, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Max, you were making a face there. Did you have something to say? Have something to say on that? Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd counter your point, really. I'd say, you know, to, for us to be doing that and not be able to unpick the lock, I'd put it down as a poor performance. Ah. I mean, it, you know, it doesn't count unless you stick the ball in the back of the net. And, you know, we, you know, we struggled up, up against league. I know that the top of the league and credit to Danny Cowley because he's doing well with the group of players that he's got. They've got a clear identity. And, you know, it was obvious that, you know, they're very strong from set pieces. Off the ball, they will, you know, they'll double up and they'll crowd you out, which which they did, and we couldn't find a way around that. Mm. And you know, uh, go back to my earlier point for that to be 
you know, pretty much our starting eleven. You know, exceptions pending. I, I really don't think that was good enough. So I guess what I meant was Andre Gomez, I thought, had a good performance. Not the whole side is what I was referring mm. to there. Because I, I thought he looked very dominant. Uh, I get frustrated watching the team, though. Almost every game now. Almost every game. Because it is that. It's the same thing we talked about. It's that, it's that final third. You know? Yeah. And we, he. I think this. Sorry, go ahead, Terry. Sorry, go ahead. I think this game, the performance has been exacerbated a little bit by the poor run we've been on. Like, the, if we'd been decent over the festive period and won a couple more games, no one would have minded a sort of um, a sort of slapdash performance in the FA Cup because they happen every single year. The first round game against lower league opposition, bringing lots of fans, they focus on set pieces, they're very physical. Happens to everyone. It's, every club who seems to win the FA Cup says, our, our biggest scare was the first round we played mm-hmm. in said small team here. But because it's come on the back of a lot of poor performances, it's actually... It's it's not looked at in isolation. It's just the latest match in a trend of matches where we've, you know, we flattered to deceive. We, you know, we've had more of the ball, but don't even look like scoring. And I'll tell you what, it's just some players who I went into the season thinking we're good, and, and now I'm just thinking, oh, you can't even, you can't even look dominant. You can't even look like a class apart against opposition two tiers down from. We're not just we're not Cardiff. We're not the worst team in the Premier League. We want we want to be one of the top teams in the Premier League, and, and you know we we can't. It's not. It's different if we've got a second string out and they're just bullying us. But we we are having all the ball and can't score against the League Two outfit. It's it's salmon of the not just the strikers but all of the attacking players. Well, and, it, and it's the same problem that we're having. It feels like every game. It's the same problem, and uh, unless we're playing a team that's that's strong, and we still have chances at those points, we're just not being clinical when we do get those chances. So uh, there's something missing, and I f- the, we're going to have to talk about that in our next segment when we talk about positions of need. All right, because it's the same problem every damn game, and that's that's what's frustrating to me. I'm I'm psyched to get a win. I'm psyched we're in the hat. I am. I I, I want to keep moving on. And Terry, you're totally right. I'm more frustrated by the fact that this is on the back of some just a, just a crap run. It's just been a really crap run. With the, and, and, the, and the, we won, but it's, we're showing the same issues, the same symptoms. You know, um, I think if we were playing another a, a Premier League team, we probably would have a. I, I don't know if we'd have won. You know, I could I could have seen it being a draw. Because you know, because we're having trouble scoring, flat out. Yeah, I, I, I think that, that those first fifteen minutes just set the bar too high for the rest mm-hmm. of the game. You know, you, you, you know, you see the style that the goals go in as well. Brilliant cross from Baines for for Luckman's goal. Absolutely fantastic individual. You know, it was a good team move and a great finish by Bernard. And you think, come on, press on and show some more of that football and tear them, carve them apart and. You know, we just come up against the brick wall once that goal come in because, you know, they obviously got some wind in the sails and found the feet of the defensive unit and held the lines exceptionally well and we just really struggled to break through. It's just, if you if you Cenk Tosin, and I've mentioned Davis already, he's like, you need to be, you need to be making a, a mockery of these players because 
you're not getting your chance in the Premier League and the Premier League team, first eleven is not playing well. So you come in against lower league opposition, you need to be showing the manager, I'm here, I can do it. And they don't they don't look the Cheng Tosin is an example. It's like I have backed Cheng Tosin all the way and I'm not advocating selling him ahead of some other strikers who need to go first, but he's not looked good for a multitude of different games now where he's come in. It's like you really need to be taking these chances now because there's a spot for a striker wide open and you just don't look like you're going to well, take and, it. And there were several chances where Tosun, if he had the ability to sort of create his own shot, you know, he would have just like maybe one man he needed to beat. and But he just doesn't. That's not really something that's in his repertoire right now is being able to create that opportunity. You know, it's right there. He just needs to beat one man. And he sort of just decides to distribute, which, to be honest, I do think he's he's pretty solid passer most of the time. Uh, he does combine well a lot of times, but at this time, at this point, what are we really dying for? You know, we're dying for shots on frame. That's mm-hmm. what we really need. And he had one really good opportunity right in front of the goal. You know, at least one, maybe two, actually, because there was one where he redirected it. You know, kind of with the with the side of his foot, the inside of his foot, just kind of tried to redirect it and pass it in. Still didn't get it far enough away from the keeper. Um, he had opportunities. You're right, man. And the thing is, I I, li- I like the guy, but he's not. Uh, when you have an opportunity like that, you have to you have to cash in. There's there's no other way around it. You know. <sighs> yeah. So. Again, it's the same frustrations, and I think it does talk about what we need. It does feed into what this next segment. So let's go into that next. Uh, so, guys, uh, positions of need for our squad. Uh, I think it's pretty clear if you watch us play, uh, we don't have all the pieces yet. So... Uh, I will uh, maybe go in a little take turns, and uh, one of us will say say a position, and uh, then we'll keep going. And Max, you're going to start. Am I? What position? Yes, yes, yes. This is all you. So, what what's a position of need that you immediately that immediately springs to mind when you think about well our December performance? So yeah, right back and. I just feel I feel we literally it's just a Baines phase for, for Coleman now. I think we're just in the same boat as what we were with Leighton Baines. I mean, what is Seamus Coleman now? Thirty after what two two leg breaks or something like that? It's, a, mm. it's just natural. It happens with the player. You know, as they get on, they, you know, he's not the same player as he was under as under Martinez in his first season. He's not bombing up and down the line and you know terrorizing everyone week in week out. And you can't expect him. To perform like he did against Arsenal three 0 when he's you know running away from people juggling the ball, it, it you know it, it times have changed. And if you look at our left hand side and how much you know we predominantly shift the ball over to there, we really need to balance out our Arsenal. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. I think it's yeah, uh, I I agree. We we need a right back of some form. Yes. Uh, Terry, you got anything else else on that, or do you want to add your own list to the pile? No, just echo everything. Um, everything Max said. Um, 
it, there's a lot of positions that need filling. I don't think they all necessarily will be filled in this window, but that either in this window or the summer, that's probably near the top. Um, mm. Coleman's a great, great, still a great player, but he's lost that yard of pace that he needed, and he's far from with he's far from being wrote off by supporters. But I think we've said it before: we need a sort of right back, Luca Dean. We need and a fresh face in there to sort of balance the squad out because. As Max said, we keep shifting the ball to the left because the right-hand side is struggling so much in, in these mm-hmm. recent games. By the way, earlier I said if you want to add a new, a new list to the pile, that's like two <laughs> collective nouns. Uh, new name to the list, position to the list. How about that? Let's do that. Jesus <laughs> Christ. All right, so... Uh, yeah, I at this point right now, I would say... Lone Kinney, keep Coleman as backup for the rest of this and see how Coleman performs when he actually does. And if he doesn't perform well, then we consider him moving on and bringing Kenny back as backup. Because Kenny's done all right in a backup role lately. You know? He's just not ready for a full-time starter. I'm not sure if he will be. That's, that's a tough question. So that's a different show, I think. So uh, Terry... What's another position? Because Max has already checked off one on my list. Um, I'm going to say right-hand forward, the right-hand side of the front three. Um, the whole right-hand side, obviously, has been a problem um, for the last, well, for most of the season, really, because the left-hand side's been so strong because of the new mm-hmm. players down that side. So it's it's show, it's thrown uh, the right-hand side in, in sharp focus. And Walcott's not been doing it. He, he's he's been poor for a couple of months now. He's been ineffective in games. He started off okay. I still think there's a good player in there. I'm not suggesting we we move him on because he's well worth having in the squad. But people are banging on about a centre forward, and I don't think we should be looking to get one in January because I don't think we're going to get a good one, and certainly won't get value for money. I think we should look at that in the summer. Mm. But I think in addition to that, right hand side of the attack would bring perfect balance um, and improve our attack and play so much more. Because you could have Bernard on the left, you could have Richarlison through the middle, and for argument's sake, say these links to Malcolm were true, and we had him on the right, the difference we'd see would be massive. Um, and at the minute, I, I think if you, even one of the two positions on, on the right-hand side, just replacing one of them, will improve where there's left. So if you get another right midfielder or right attacker, Coleman will improve. And I think if you got a new uh, a new right back, you'd probably see more from from Walcott. And we have got Luckman, but I'm, I'm not convinced about him on that side. I think he's much better either behind the striker, which he was at um, Leipzig, or on the left-hand side, which is already pretty stacked for players who play on the left attacking spot. But... Luckman at the minute I would play there, but long term I don't I think on that side he's wasted. I don't think it's natural to him. His movement seems is 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 like sort of runs he makes don't don't seem as, as fluid to him. He's sort of trying to second guess himself and mm. I just think we need reinforcements there because we thought Luckman could play there and he's not the same player. It's interesting when you watch Luckman play that position. You don't often see him make a run to the line and cross back. I feel like every single time he plays on the wing, on the right, he's cutting in to try to get in front of the goal. Bernard does that sometimes, but you also often see Bernard 
bring the ball all the way down to the to the end line and mm. cross back or cut back and you know but you never see Lookman actually go all the way because it it you know and that could just be the way maybe he would play the same way if if he was on the left I don't know I think that's just down to Lookman being more of a forward player than a, a wide midfielder or a, or a winger to be mm. honest because you look at because you know he was almost a striker at times for Charlton as well like it uh, yeah I I agree he, he's he's a lot more comfortable on that left hand side because as you say that cutting in it, it, it is natural for him and it it, it tees him off for his shot which I think he's looking for mm-hmm. it, I, I I honestly I, I it's not that I'm not convinced with Lookman I just think he needs a good run of games in the, in the team I think that that uh, that Lincoln game was only his third start this season yeah. and uh, for the promise that he showed at Leipzig I I expected a few more to be honest. I'd like to see him start a lot more at the minute ahead of ahead of World Cup, but long term, I, I think um, a new player there would be ideal. I mean, Luckman and Coleman don't seem to click anyway. They don't seem to understand each other. Like they're sort of like constantly like trying to tell each other what they're going to do. So look, Coleman doesn't know when to overlap him because he doesn't know whether he's going to stay wide or come inside. And Luckman doesn't seem to know where he needs to be for Coleman to give him the give and go pass. It's not it's not an easy fit. So. For me, the right hand attacking spot is um, is what we need to bring in. Probably is high priority in this window because I think there are players you can get there, but um, probably not in other positions for the value for money. Yeah, I've been talking about bringing in another. I mean, you can say right forward or winger. I guess it depends on your formation. Depends on how you're actually lining the players up. Uh, Malcolm is, yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> that's that's what I'll say. Uh, however, I do think if we if we bring in Malcolm, then I'm thinking okay of our available wing options: Lookman, Bernard, Richarlison, Walcott, and Malcolm. Does that see one of one of those go out the door? So, and that still only leaves us with two natural right wing right forward players you know what i mean the rest are natural more natural on the left or through the middle so and 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 i think all of us would say well we'd prefer walcott go out of that bunch but again that's one of our natural right wing players Mm. (laughs) doesn't even matter i'm not convinced that richarlison is even most effective on the left and all the common consensus Mm. is that he is I actually prefer him up front. I mean, not that he's perfect there. He's still got a lot to learn, but I'd be happy with Bernard and Luckman as the two players for one side and Malcolm and Walcott on the other. I mean, with with Richarlison fully transitioning to being a, a striker mm-hmm. and he competes with Calvert-Lewin and eventually insert new striker. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Mm-hmm. So... I've got three other positions that I've written down, but you guys may have differing views on it. Um, I'm going to say a position of need. I'm going to say another uh, center defensive mid because even if Idris Gay stayed, and, and although he is a tremendous ball winner, uh, I think our play from the center struggles based on his – vision and uh and passing and i think we need we need another player who can play that role who can actually make those incisive passes and put them to feet uh that's 
that's just something that's a starting position I think that needs an upgrade. And it, it's weird saying upgrade about Idrissa Gay. I know that because there are games where I say, "Look at that guy. He's everywhere. He is literally winning everything." And I hate. I don't. But I also see him lining up for a shot outside the eighteen, and I'm like, "What if it comes to Winston?" It could be here because he just blasts them, and they're rarely on goal. So, I mean, just basically someone who could play that position may have a, a little bit of more attacking prowess, instinct, whatever, you know? And, mm. and he's, got a, he's got a great attitude. I love the guy. But there's that. So, you guys agree with that? Yeah, 100%. And I'm sure we'll touch on it more in, in the other segment. But it's, it's an interesting one with... Idrissa Gay, because I, I was going to say that that central midfield position, that isn't Andre Gomez, because I think Andre Gomez is a, a target in and of himself. Mm. But, it, like, it, I think it goes back to that first season where Idrissa Gay come in, obviously, he was partnered with Morgan Schneidlin, and, you know, he's obviously given that, that license to roam forward a bit more, and obviously, you know, there's no doubt about his quality defensively. But, you know, because Schneidlin was that kind of, you know, sit deep and lie, Midfielder, obviously that that give Gay the license to roam forward and you know express himself. I think is the adequate term. Obviously, he's not as tidy in terms of going forward and his attack and play, which is obvious. And there's not been any real notable improvement over the last couple of years. Which, uh, I mean, I, I was going to say hopefully we'll see it, but you know we don't know about his future at the moment. But yeah, I and. To, to say I don't even think I want another central defensive midfielder. I want to. I, I want to. I want us to shift away from that. Mm. I, I, you know, I want us to be a more forward-thinking, progressive side. I'd even go for someone in the mold of Olivier Decore. You know, you've seen him when he when he played when he's at Watford. Sometimes he just controls the game when he's on the ball and when he's off it. And sooner we can get someone like that alongside Andre Gomez, that might improve us drastically. Some, someone not actually playing as the shield for the defense basically like sharing defensive duties between those center mid players. Mm. I'm totally with that. Yeah. And that way you're actually, you're, you're share the load. Yeah. Very nice. I I think that that center midfield position is one of the crisis areas of the team. Um, But I, again, same as with the striker. I wonder if it's not something I'll get fixed in the properly fixed in the summer or maybe even across the both transfer windows this one and the summer because we're very very light in there for this manager at least because Marco Silva has highlighted in the last summer almost straight away that the number six is his key position he likes having a, a sort of ball player number six we were getting linked a lot in the summer with for players like um, Carvalho at Sporting and he made a big deal of wanting to keep Schneiderlin because he viewed Schneiderlin as that sort of player that sort of um quarterback type um, holding midfielder then obviously he must have got to training and realised that the man only passes backwards so he's not one of them I mean I'm sorry Max I know you're a big Schneider fan hey, hey, his, his man crush has, has subsided a bit lately so but honestly I, I think we should be looking to A bring in Andre Gomez and then probably bringing in two players into that position because I don't think he rates Schneider and I don't think he rates Davies and It'll as we as Max said, it looks like a Drissa Gay could be going soon too. So I think there'll be major surgery in the middle of the field of the of the squad mm-hmm. in general over the next two transfer windows, maybe even as early as this window. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk more about Idrissa Gay in the coming segment. So we're not 
I'm not totally blowing everything. <laughs> All right, we don't want to talk about everything right now with Idrissa Gay, but that'll be discussed more in a little bit. So, next position. Max, your turn. Anything else? It's got to be striking, hasn't it, really? Goals, still, you know... <laughs> hate to say it but we still not replace Lukaku um, and something that you know I think Terry highlighted earlier which is a really really good point is it, it's really likely that we won't even get one this January awesome. because you know out of fear of repeating what we did last January with Tosin you know we brought Tosin in in this sort of kind of this panic measure to, to ease the load off Dominic Calvert-Lewin and it's it's a transfer but as of now, just just hasn't paid off for us at all. Hmm. Uh, Striker is one of those where I'm. We all have eyes, you know what I mean. When you watch, we watch, we watch our team play, we watch our club play, and we we see some. Maybe we're not the most clinical at the moment, and that's from that's not just one player. That's several players in front of the goal with chances, not cashing them in. Okay. Uh, the idea of having a, a kind of experienced clinical striker, that is something that normally you get one of those, your goal, your goal numbers go up, right? There is a logic to that. I get it. I'm just having some issues with us actually getting our guys into more positions to be able to score. The easy thing to say is, we're not scoring, we need a striker. When in reality, I, I think that's just <coughs> part of it. Do I still think we need a striker? Yeah, we do. <laughs> but I don't think it's the yeah. easy number one answer. You know what I mean? No, definitely. And I, I think a point that you can add to that is it, in terms of the, the obviously the service hasn't been good enough. So when identifying targets out wide, one of their key strengths have to be, you know, they can put a good cross into the box. Mm-hmm. And when we look at a striker, they've got to be able to find, you know, fasten onto these half chances that, you know, because I mean, Bernard's got a good cross on him. He's demonstrated that. If you put Luckman on the right, he's shown it's not it's not his bread and butter. Walcott isn't exactly a you know a great crosser of the ball, and you know automatically by you know Bernard and Walcott being our two starting wingers, that's not ideal. Particularly when we you know we've got this dilemma at centre forward. So if it, you know it's 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 quite evident now that one of our go to in terms of attacking players, swing the ball into the box. So if that is going to be the case, identify players who are specialised mm-hmm. in dealing with that. I mean, the striker can't come in in isolation, just jumping off something you guys said then. If you bring a striker in, there aren't many strikers we're going to get. There aren't many strikers that are even in world football who can score a lot of goals when every time they get the ball, it's always when the whole opposition team is backing into position and he's got to break through three or four yeah. players at once. We need players like this right-hand side, these added to the central midfield, players who can be more clinical and more decisive on the ball and release the forward players faster. Because how, how many times, to whether it's Richarlison, whether it's Tosin, anyone, how did any, uh, Calvert-Lewin, these forward players get the ball all the time and they've got a, an entire opposition team ahead of them before they can move the ball. So mm. unless we're going to sign Messi... We're going to struggle to get anyone who's going to make a goal out yep. of that. So it's it's just about trusting the the manager and then the director of football to bring in players who complement each other. You need players who can make the most of the type of thing that Bernard brings. And and um, 
you know, can make the runs that Andre Gomez needs to release them and, and whatnot. It can't just be one player's a fix-all because you're very lucky to get those players anyway, never mind in January, those those Lukaku-type players who just overwhelm the opposition in without good they are. You need players who are complemented by the players you've got, and that's going to be hard to find in January. Agreed. It's hard to find that kind anytime, you know? Mm. Um, so... Terry, I believe it's your turn. Do you have any other position of need that you're thinking of? Um, do you know what? Probably not. I mean, I, I Marcel Brands has said that he's operating on a one-in, one-out policy, and I think that's sensible. I think the biggest thing the club as, it's, as a whole need to do for with regards to the squad is to get rid of a lot of the deadwood. We've got a mm. lot of players who are still, even after a big clear out in the summer, Still got players who are in the squad on decent money, who aren't viable options. Players who, who are going to be hard to move on, but still need to be moved on. We can't be talking about bringing in strikers when we've still got Umani Asir and and Sverger and Chon Tosin's working his way onto that list. And we can't be looking to bring in central midfielders when we've got only got Gomez on loan and and Schneiderlin clearly doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be an option from the start even in FA Cup games against League 2 teams There's a, we can't just keep buying players we've got to start getting the squad down to a healthy level as well so I think we won't see any movement until we start to see players going out be it on loan, be it transfer moves uh, People randomly will post, hey, just a reminder, we got these players still uh, still on the books. And you're like, oh, my God, we are paying Morales. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, and, and that's just a highlight because it's a long list. You know, we're still paying Kuko. You know, uh, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it is a problem. I do have one more position to need that comes to my mind, though. Um it's it's the the center attacking mid position because we don't have any option to Gilfie. And he's got nobody scrapping with him in terms of competition for that position. I do think we saw Bernard drift to the center uh, in, against Lincoln kind of later on in the game. Uh, you saw him drift in the center a lot more. Um, however, we, we just have no... Nobody. I mean, initially, I think I thought Kieran Dowell was going to give him some competition at the beginning of the season, uh, and that is, you know, well, he's off to Sheffield, so that's not a thing. So just the idea of being able to bring another center mid in who offers something different to Gilfie, I would love to see that. So maybe we could start playing through the middle a little bit more instead of always going to the wings. I say it every time we damn film. Sorry, everybody. But mm. it's just I would love to see... Uh, a little competition for Gilfie or some relief for him. So. Tom Davies. Bring in a striker, and I wouldn't mind seeing Luckman as a shadow striker off that. Not the same as mm. um, Gilfie in terms of profile of player, but if you could change it up and try like more of a more of a second striker mm. and say, just play off that front man, whoever that may be, and then just sort of try and find your space mm. and different I've heard that options. mentioned before. Oh, no, I haven't heard it. I've seen it all over Twitter. Some people are saying, oh, he works best as a, this kind of player. You know what I mean? Because because the idea of just saying, hey, don't worry about your defensive responsibilities, Lookman. Just kind of go. 
You know what I mean? Because he does have a, a natural, like, immediately incisive way of playing. Um, yeah. But it's – right now, Max, I would say the player we put in, we talked about that. Who's your backup for, for Sigurdsson? You probably go with Tom Davies. Tom Davies, yeah, 100%. So the, the, that's the bummer about not keeping Vlasic, by the way, though, is I think he actually would have done – but he would have demanded to play all the time – and that's just not going to happen when you've got Sigurdsson right now. So, yeah, but that's the last thing I got. Um, and I base, I base my stuff on our starters and then kind of go from there. Who is starting? What's the biggest? And I think right back is a big one. You know, uh, the the right forward that you were talking about, Terry, I think – you have to get either that player or right back in. You got to get one of them in to start bulking up that right side, you know. And that center mid player I was talking about, whether it's a defensive mid or just a normal, a number six essentially, is what we're talking about. Um, those are big, big time needs. Striker, we if we were giving him more service, is it possible we could go with DCL the rest of the season? Do you think he actually? could function as a starting striker the for or Richarlison? I do. I'd, I'd rather do that than go out and waste money again on a striker who's only going to be worthwhile kind of for six fo- months. Less more short, so less short-term yeah. possibilities? I'm going to say more, more so now than last season. He, he's no earning it as isolated as what he was mm-hmm. last season. On, you know, When he was getting that run of games under Allardyce and at times he'd be only, the only man in the opposition half. Um Look for example that goal against Lincoln, the Bernard's goal, the little touch from him. But, you know, he, he, as long as players get in and around him, I think he's fully capable and being a really good mm-hmm. centre forward. I would agree with all that. I think uh, striker and centre attacking mid. We're talking. We're beginning to talk about depth at that point. So, all right. Well, that's the end of our positions of need. Stay tuned. We're going to be rocking out, uh, talking about Idrisagay. Is he gone? Do we want him gone? A lot of, lot of uh, angles on this one. A lot of uh, ifs and buts and what have yous, if I'm going to quote the Big Lebowski. We need to talk about Ghana. Adrissa Gay. Uh, recent rumors have been saying that he has requested... Uh, a transfer to PSG and that he's this close to agreeing personal terms and all that kind of stuff. You never know what's actually real. What's, you know, this guy, but this is one of those that's, they got really strong today uh, from a number of sources. Um, so what, what, what was your immediate reaction to that, Max? Well, well done. He deserves it. To be honest, like how long have I said that I feel like uh, you know out of our, our squad, one player that could fit into a top European side would be Idris Gay. And to be honest, the last three seasons he's been in the top two tacklers in the league, so he deserves it. He's like, yeah, obviously, you know, he's not he's not as good on the ball, and you know we've we've gone over that to death. That you know he gives away his ball retention's pretty poor. His, his shot isn't the best, and uh, you know things like that. But I still feel like he's our favorite. Well, I mean, obviously, given the given the, you know the revelation that Andre Gomez has been, I still feel like he's probably up there with our best players that we have. 
Um, and this is just an example of you know the club not being able to to facilitate what a top player deserves. A player of his calibre deserves to be playing in Europe. And you see Adrian Rabiot looking looking to agree to have gone to Barcelona, and you know it just looks set up on a pedestal for him now to go in and. You know, French speaking shouldn't have too many problems settling into the squad, and if it does happen, I wish him the best. Max, really quick, um, do you think it's a situation right now of it just not being the the right fit with uh, with what our manager's trying to do? No, because I, f- I feel like without him, I feel like there'd be a big hole in that central midfield. Because you, you look back last season, how many times the ball had kind of bypass our, our midfield third. I think if it wasn't for him, it would bypass the, the midfield third a hell of a lot more. Um, mm-hmm. I, I've said, if, you know, if he's drilled persistently on his work on the ball, I feel like he, he would improve in, t- in terms of his end product on the ball. So, I you know, I, I don't think it's a, it's not like a, a square peg into a round hole. But I still feel like we could build a midfield around him. But PSG come calling, you, you know, of course he's going to go. Well, I mean, you look at you look at this season. He's hugely important. Our, div- our our entire squad struggles when he's not in. This is very true. All right, we just don't have it. However, if you've got a player who's naturally a little bit better on the ball, you know what I mean. Like it's one of those things where maybe you'll maybe you'll get you'll sacrifice a little <laughs> bit of your ball winning for a little bit better passing, a little bit more attack. It seems like that might be the direction we're going in if Gay leaves, right? Possibly, but if. Look at the games where he was out injured. Silver changed the entire setup to compensate yeah. for it. So, yeah, it, it's an interesting one. Obviously, it's not a done deal yet. I've got you know gut instinct that it will be because I just, as I said, it looks like a good move for him. And we'll see how we'll we'll solve the problem. But yeah, it, it's one of them. I, I you can't blame him in the slightest. Mm. Terry, uh, regardless of price. Assume it's a big number, whatever, forty million, whatever. Regardless of price, this is we're at January, right? This is the middle of the season. Is this a wise thing to do, selling a player who has been important to our to to our defense, you know, to our defense uh, at this stage of the season? Um. I'll prefix this with saying if it does happen, then you've got to just trust Marcel Brands that he's going to like, you know, deal with it and you know progress in spite of it. That's what all clubs have to do. But if you're asking me, I think would be absolutely crazy to do it because there's two <laughs> there's two circumstances in which I would be okay with this move coming off because I think every player is replaceable, but under the right circumstances. And one would be if we were offered a like a huge amount of money. He's twenty nine and he obviously, you know, he's not gonna he's not gonna have a lot of years left in the Premier League type football um because of how physical it is and the type of role he plays. Or if we were really stacked in centre midfield already and we had other players already in the squad who could come in in the event that Idris Age replacement didn't cut it. Neither of those things are true. The um, rumored price is that we want forty million, but they're only willing to pay twenty-five because the financial fair play is holding them back. I'm sorry, 
Liverpool sold a player that didn't even doesn't even play games for them for twenty million or nineteen million the other day, and we're yeah. going to sell a best midfield player for twenty five. No, no, absolutely not. He, the other players we've got in the, in his position um, in the squad are forget Gomez. He's not our player. He might be soon, hopefully, mm. but he's not at the minute. We've got Schneiderlin, we've got Tom Davies, and we've got McCarthy. Now, say we bring in a replacement for Adrissa Gay, and he's another class and type signing who just doesn't adapt into this league we are stuck with those three players and a lone player and we and it's not also a staggering amount of money to sort of make us go we can't turn down that price mm. it just it just stinks for me that both both aspects of the transfer our ability to come to accommodate the loss and the amount of money we bring in neither sit right with me there's a, there's a lot of players who need to be recycled in this squad yet still he's no he's towards the very bottom of the list there's three midfield players in that department who are ahead of him in the need to go category I know it doesn't always work like that not people don't always want to buy your, your worst players off you but I'd, I'd be tempted to, to resist as much as we could if I was the club unless we've got something up our sleeve and we can bring in maybe even two players to go into that position and really change how we set up because other than I just can't see how we come out of this looking any good or not regretting it. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're so not deep at that position. It is a huge risk to sell and replace with new player or players, which I could see happening, by the way. Uh, us bringing in two players for that position or that area and to start kind of mixing and matching and getting combinations going there. Um, it's such a risk. But what if it's a situation where we where we sell him in January, but he doesn't leave till the summer? I haven't heard that proposed, but if that's the case, that's less of a risk, right? Yeah, I mean, in theory it would be, but I don't think they're interested in that because they're going to leave play January and the whole attraction of this deal for PSG apparently is the how cut price it is but it's like we shouldn't be accepting it being cut price because mm. they, there's other players in that position they could turn around and go to Barcelona and, and Dennis Suarez is a number six and he's getting linked with um, a 14 million pound move away it's like that's even less like you know why don't you go and look for players like that we, we shouldn't be selling our better players for cut price deals I'm, I'm sorry. It's not when, not when, because like it or not, transfers are sort of predicated on similar deals. That we've we've used that to our advantage before. We sold Jolien Lescott for more than he was worth because Liverpool had just bought Glenn Johnson for too much. Same thing again. They've just sold a player who doesn't play a game for them and doesn't doesn't hasn't done a thing in the, in the senior levels of the sport. For ninety million pounds, we can't be selling our best midfield player, our best permanent midfield player, for twenty-five million. We just no. look stupid. I, I turn around and said, "Yeah, forty. Then, then that's another matter, but not for that price. Yeah, that price is ridiculous to me. See, the the thing that I saw, Terry, and this should tell you about the how true this is. I saw that we wanted to sell him for forty, but they wanted to pay thirty-five. And so I was thinking, well, somewhere between 35 and 40 is not the worst price for Idrissa Gay, who's 29, 
and he's not going to be able to maintain that for you know his same stats for too too much longer. Um, we have a lot of we have a big when it comes to leverage, being able to say he led he led the league in interceptions. You know what I mean? Being able to point to his interception numbers, his tackles, all that stuff. Being able to point to that and say that's that's quantifiable. <laughs> that is empirical evidence. We counted them. This is how many tackles. You know what I mean? And you know that he has value because of that. You know what I mean? Uh, I I think we're only going to sell him if we get if if it's not cut price. I, the idea of this being a cut price move for them, I think that's uh, optimistic on behalf of uh, PSG. Mm. I just don't see that happening. I think the banker and the player forcing the move, like that's what I, well, if I was PSG, I would be that they will get the lower price because the player is attracted to the club and rightly so. I'd have no problem with him going. As Max said, he's earned it. He's, he's mm. one of those players who could be at a much higher level than he is. He's got his faults, but for the job he does, he's, he's fantastic. But the... Um, just, I think the attraction for PSG is that this move is is cheap because they've got financial fair play problems, and I don't think that suits us. If they're going to pay thirty five million euros, they can get someone else, and yeah. that's the point. I don't think they want to. Yeah, they think they're going to pay. I think they're going to get away with paying this um, this twenty five million if they, if it's true, and um, I wouldn't be happy unless we were to suddenly. In a mass, in a really quick turnaround, bring in a new player and go. Yeah, it's 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 fine by us. We've got this new this new guy who's twenty three and he's going to be in the spot for a long term. Softens the blow a little bit, but if it if he gets sold for a cup price and the replacement isn't incoming very quickly, then it's going to sour a lot of supporters. Yeah, I agree. I'll be one of them. If we don't replace quickly or replace before we actually sell him, yeah. I, we've seen what happens when he's not in. Max, you're right. Totally redoes the entire formation when Adrissa is not in. I mean, that's... Even if we weren't selling Adrissa Gay, we'd need another player for that position. Period. Silva said in the summer he wants to play 4-3-3, but he hasn't got the number six to play that. So maybe if he comes, it goes out and buys that that mythical number six who can play that quarterback role, as I've said, um, maybe it, that'll swing it for him. But other than that, I just think the way we set up now, we need a dress again. We we need to really be made an offer we can't refuse because we've not got the players in place to accommodate losing them already. Like you've leaned on this entire time, Terry, you've said it repeatedly. Trust Marcel Bronze. That's what I'm going to do on this. Okay? If, yeah. if Gay leaves, and it will hurt... I have to trust that – I don't have to trust. I'm going to trust that Marcel Bronze is going to make it better somehow. He's going to make it okay. And, I, you know, it would be great if, if, we, if they were getting a cut price deal, Terry, Max, if uh, we were in talks for one of their players. Not happening. I, I, I understand, but it would be nice. Just saying. Yeah, of course it would. You know, that right there, then then it's a, you know, you scratch our back, we scratch yours kind of thing. Because they do have a lot of players we want to buy. If they got it, if they use their their substitute right back. (laughs) Mm. This is a good point. (laughs) 
All right. Well, uh, basically, we're all wary of Ajusuke leaving. And Marcel Bronze would have to uh, work some magic for us to feel okay about about Ajusuke leaving. I think that's that's where we stand on that, correct? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so I guess that's it for our for our Ghana segment. We are uh, we're a little, a little apprehensive, but yeah, it'll be all right. Hopefully. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time for If You Know Your History, the Everton-based quiz segment that pits Terry against Match in a cage match of Toffee's wit and might. I didn't flub any words. Alert the media. All right, guys, so this is a starting 11 quiz. I will tell these gentlemen, uh, I will tell them a, a, a certain Everton match from the past, and they will have to name the starters going back and forth. You could say alternating, whatever. So... Guys, I have a, uh, a memory card here that we're going to flip because, you know, no change for me. Uh, who's going to call it? I guess it's Max's turn to call, yes, or is it Terry's? Go, Max. Max Hello. is on it. Max calls tails and shocks the world. And it is heads. So, it was that. So, guys, Terry, what's it going to be? I'll go for a shock horror second. Shock horror. That's right. All right. So, Max, you're going to be going first. Um, Let's go ahead. Let's cue the quiz music now because it's a slow ramp up. So let's go ahead and get it going. It's super intense. Oh, wow. It's so intense. (laughs) The hairs on my arm are standing up. So... Guys, if you could tell me the starting 11 during Everton's 3-1 win over Larissa in the UEFA Cup on the 25th of October, 2007. Tim Howard. Tim Howard. I can't believe you said him. That's just crazy. Yes, he did. He started. I'm going to go for Baines then. Baines did start. That was a, a good thing to go to go for. Maxwell. Tony Hibbert. Tony Hibbert. He did start. He was holding a carp the whole time. <laughs> what do you got, <laughs> Terry? Uh, oh, 2007, then Leon Osmond for sure. Leon Osmond, yeah, for sure. He was in. Yeah. Crafty fella. What do yeah. you got, Max? Stephen Pina, the one who back heeled it to Osmond for that goal. Stephen Pienaar. Yep. Oh, oh, what a goal. That was a great goal. Um, Mikel Arteta? Yes, he did start. Jolien Lescott? Jolien Lescott. He started as well. So at this point, you guys, you have one, one, two, three, four more starters left. And then we've got subs. Good play. Uh, uh, Super Tim Cahill. Super Tim Cahill. He started as well. Three left. Joseph Yobo. Joseph Yobo started. That is accurate. Two more names left out of the starters, and we've got subs. At this point, uh, 
we have to start thinking about accepting subs as correct answers, as in the the, the ones who played. So. Um. 2007. Uh, Lee Carsley. Lee Carsley did start. Yes. Okay. So officially, Max, if you give me a sub who played, I will accept that one as well. All right. Thomas Gravison. Thomas Gravison came in for Tim Cahill in the 75th minute. You guys are, this is a pretty good showing, guys. Uh, European games at that time, we had a special move, and it was to bring on Victor and Ichibi off the bench, surely, that he's on there. Yeah. He did. He will be. He did. And Ichibi came in for uh, a player in the 65th minute. And he used to bully every single European defence. He couldn't do a thing York. against league but he was brilliant in the, against European defenses Nuremberg yeah did that more than once he did Nuremberg was the one everyone remembers when he used to yeah. do that in the game James McFadden James McFadden was the final starter and that's who Anichi became in for there is one more sub who played and then we go to unused subs That's hard. Um, was it Alan Stubbs for Mascot? <laughs> Alan Stubbs came in in the 87th minute. Okay. Um, I'd have to double check who he came in for. But. Because Jaggy Elka was there at the time, but I, I just remember Stubbs coming on because he, he didn't stay around much longer. I used to like Stubbs when I was younger. I used to quite like him as well. <laughs> Stubbs came on for Pinar. So, unused subs. Go ahead, Maximiliano. Predicated on, I think he banged in loads of goals that season. Yakubu. Yakubu was an unused sub. That is correct. Um, we're going to go for like a, an easy pick, I think. And we were talking before... Um, I think it was off camera about the revolving door of, of keepers we had who was understudy for Tim Howard. I think at that time it would have been Stefan Wessels. <laughs> that is correct. You oh, mentioned, I... When we were off camera, you mentioned it and I was sitting, I was this close to going, oh yeah, he's in the queen. <laughs> you know? yeah. I'm glad so I didn't many. say it. <laughs> Almost a different one each season at one point, but we had him for like two and um, it was the chairman and yeah I don't think we ever saw a play but he was I think yeah I was a lucky guess I've got to be honest alright two names left unused subs and at that point uh, I, I, I if, if, you, if you guys tie that means I picked the song no one wants that so get, figure this out guys <laughs> uh, I'm torn between two um, Phil Neville Phil Neville is not Oh. On the bench. So, Terry, if you get this one, then Dad Rock prevails. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember who played. So it was 2007, so. I don't remember if you, why he wouldn't have started, but Jagielka? Jagielka was, in fact, an unused sub for that one. Okay? The only I, name you guys did not mention, Nuno Valente. 
Uh, Where's Andy Johnson? I don't know. Why was McFadden starting up front with Yakubo on the bench? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Guys, I I realize Terry walks away with the spoils here, but gentlemen, this was really impressive. Maybe not to other people, but to me, whose Everton support wasn't even a gleam in his eye in 2007, this is pretty. This is pretty good work, guys. Okay, I enjoyed. I enjoyed them years, mate. We were like consistently getting Europe at least. We were in Europe, yeah, and we were doing. We were playing well in Europe as well. Um, like uh, Max said, the highlights that game for me is the um, the Osman goal for the when Pienaar back heels it to him to strike. It was great. Yeah. I, you guys are rattling that off, and I'm like, oh man, my brain is so old. <laughs> I don't even think I, I'm remembering I, the the sports I did watch back then. <laughs> I'm okay when when you pick David Moyes era ones. I'm all right with them because yeah, there's names yeah. you can rattle off and just know they'll be yeah. there. Hibbert, yeah. Osman, Pina, Howard. Yeah, you can go through Baines, Howard. Jaggy Elka, and then it's when you get to the Martinez days and you're like, oh, Leandro Rodriguez, did he play? <laughs> That's the sad <laughs> crap I know. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, sadly, my brain is full of that nonsense. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, congratulations, Terry. Uh, condolences, Max. Frankly, you put out a winning performance. That's just a bummer. All right, uh, but Terry, your your spoils of victory are to pick the tune. It is at this point where Terry consults his Spotify and tells us which dad rock song he's going to turn us on to this week. Oh, why, why not? Alice Cooper, Poison. Alice Cooper, Poison. Writing this down. Been remixed into a great deal of uh, dance songs in the early 2000s but it's a good song alright so uh, besides it being a good song why why are you recommending it cl- to close out our show today um because I looked through my Spotify and that was the cheesiest dad rock song that I had in recent play <laughs> and I feel like I've got a I've got to give the people what they want if I win the quiz they they, they don't come to me for anything else. They go to go to Max for the for the hip hop and and all and the, the sort of we Swedish house mafia and things like that. Whereas if I win, people imagine how let down they'd be if I picked something that Max would have picked. What's the point in me winning? <laughs> I like that. I like I like a lot of that stuff as well. But Max is not going to turn around and throw an eighties power power metal song out the bag. So I've got to have to uh, gonna have to stick to my stick to my side, and he can stick to it. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> uh, one day, one day you're gonna pick and proper surprises. You're gonna, we're gonna draw outright, and you'll just throw a real curveball in there. I usually do stuff that I'm that I'm wondering if anybody actually listens to. You know what I mean? That's usually what I what I do. I think one time I did Outcast. I think one time I I did a Spoon. Just a lot of like sometimes indie rock. I usually try to go as random as possible. You know, uh, what what kind of scene of a movie? Would would I would I have uh, would I use Alice Cooper's poison for? Hmm. Good question. You know what it is? It sounds like on the face of it that it's going to be like a 
you know, a sort of dark type song, but it's not. It's the type of song where, you know, in a film where there's a girl who she's good looking, but she lacks confidence and, you know, people don't really pay attention to her and then something happens and she has to go to the dance, but she goes home and puts makeup on and takes her hair down and then, you know, there's a big montage and then she's actually amazing and everyone notices her when she goes out. Poison would be great for that montage where the girl, the mousy, quiet girl with no confidence suddenly discovers her, uh, her self-esteem and how, and how good-looking she is and then shows everyone that's the type of uh, song I'd put Poison on. Terry just described the cliche scene from like every like 2000s era, you know, like teen comedy. It's like, I feel like I've yeah. seen this. That is such a good description of a scene. As we end with... With that in your brain, hopefully you're seeing that scene in your head as well. Uh, it's the end of the big show. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We sincerely appreciate it. Please subscribe to the Top of Blues podcast. Rate it if you can. Leave us a kind review. Leave us leave us something like, well, I don't know about that scene, but maybe, maybe it's the other scene where the girl takes her glasses off and all of a sudden she's attractive. What about that? Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, also, uh, please, if you for some reason want to see our faces, check out the Top of Blues YouTube channel. We've uh, we, we've garnered a little bit of a following on there, so check us out uh, on that. Uh, look for Terry. Check out his Twitter. Uh, he'll you can find him on the uh, Liverpool Echo fan jury. He'll tell you when on his Twitter though. And the same thing with Max. He's very good about telling you when he's going to be where. So check his Twitter for that. Uh, he shows up on the Top of Blues website often. But you can also check out other writers on the Top of Blues website as well. It's a lot of Everton stuff, a lot of good people on there writing some uh, some, some insightful stuff. Uh, also, follow the Top of Blues on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's it. I don't have any more plugging. I think I'm plugged out. Uh, gentlemen, thanks so much for uh, for the time. Appreciate it. It's fun as always. Terry, take care of yourself, man. You too, guys. <laughs> Max, have fun. I know you got plans, so have a good one, bud. Yeah, see you later. All right, gentlemen. And that's it. So, uh, yeah. No fit, no midweek fixture. Huzzah. Guess we'll be seeing you later. And bye. Bye.